The Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the College Basketball Experience. March Madness is heating up, and you need to subscribe to the College Basketball Experience. It's awesome, baby! And we're back with another episode of the Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm Adam Pelletier. And that is Brian Scott's redheaded stepchild, Justin Mark. Justin, how are we doing today? I don't think I can be a stepchild. I think I'm older than him, not to date myself. Allegedly. But... <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> All right, Justin, week two of the XFLs in the book. What you thinking? How you feeling? Well, we had some more sloppy play, of course. Um, it seems like there's a quarterback epidemic here. and these dual quarterback systems are making it tough for fantasy football, especially if you don't have the generic like renegades quarterback option and that's you no far with the actual players. This I sounds know. like you're playing. This sounds like it's your first time playing spring football. I mean, <laughs> what are you complaining about? This is all, this is the norm. I, I'm used to like one or two teams really doing this, but I mean, let's see, we have Ben DiNucci, AJ McCarron, mm-hmm. Jack Cohn. Uh, are there any other silvers has pretty much taken most of the reps there i don't know yeah, that I'd call that I a suppose. hybrid system really that's a lot of silvers and not a lot of mcdonald there i True. mean that's a fault on houston they should have more mcdonald but that's agreed. neither here nor there agreed and how long until we see kyle Slaughter? that's got to be soon do you right? know which team has the fewest first downs in the xfl so far is it Arlington? It is Arlington. They have 20 first downs across two games. Wow. Drew Plitt yeah, ain't it. We've been saying it for weeks. Drew Plitt ain't it. He just isn't the guy. He's not somebody who's going to lead you to a championship. He just doesn't look good. I mean, I Kyle. we we watched Kyle Sloter last year in the XFL or the USFL. We've, we've seen him in preseason. Kyle Sloter is a dynamic player. He's a guy who's just going to break things open. I continue to not understand why he's not the guy there. Agreed. I don't get it either. I, you know, I originally thought maybe there's an injury we don't know about, but people are tweeting that they need to see Sloter and he's retweeting it. So I can't imagine he's injured if he's agreeing that he should be in there as well. So it it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I don't know that Bob Stoops is going to let Jay Hayes keep him on the bench much longer. It feels like he needs to be in the games. feels like he needs to be the guy. And I'm not just saying this for my fantasy team. I'm saying this for Arlington <laughs> fans everywhere because the Renegades look like garbage right now. You sniped him right before my pick too. 
Mm-hmm. It's just just evil. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, but right now, like AJ, Mc- you named it AJ McCarron, Jack Cohn, Ben DiNucci. They are the clear cut quarterbacks right now. And Brandon Silver's too, to an extent. No one else has a lock on their job. I don't even know that the Orlando quarterback is currently on their roster. I wouldn't be shocked to see them bring somebody in with how bad that's looked. They certainly should because nobody has looked good, whether it's Lynch, Francois, Dormady. I mean, they've all looked bad, so they they have to do something. And Buckley seemed like he wanted to make changes. So I guess I mean, we'll Paxton see. Lynch just seems like he doesn't care. Paxton Lynch doesn't seem like he wants to play football at this point. Agreed. You know, he's there. He just doesn't seem to care. There's no passion. There's no fire. DeAndre Francois, when he gets in, seems to at least care, but doesn't seem capable of running the offense. I mean, I don't know if that's just Francois is not capable or what, but, you know, that, that doesn't look like the guy we saw at Florida State all those years ago. Agreed. Six completions for eight yards. That's that's something. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a stat that bad for there, a quarterback. There were some brutal, brutal quarterback performances this weekend. You know, and uh, in D.C., you know, how long until we see Derek King get that job full time? And I think he should have it. And that's not just my against um, Te'amu bias weighing in there. Like that offense just looks more dynamic, even if they are just running the option over and over. It just looks so much better when Derek King is there. And, and that goes for the running backs and everything there. I mean, he's just he adds another element that Te'amu doesn't isn't having right now. Yeah. I mean, and the defenders have yet to throw for a hundred yards. Yeah. Which is crazy. You know, that's just absolutely anemic last weekend's game. You know, you might give them a break there, but last weekend we had what, I mean, we had three teams not break a hundred passing yards. That's just awful. Like the XFL needs to get that fixed. Agreed. Yeah. The, the bad quarterback play all across the board has been hard to watch. And it's just, it's baffling to me because there's good quarterbacks on these rosters in our mind. Like, you know, the fact that Cole McDonald is still sitting on the bench in Houston, the fact that Kyle Sloter's sitting on the bench in Arlington, these are guys who were good, are good passers. These are guys who are dynamic options, you know, and you got to wonder what they're looking for in a spring quarterback here. Move it as we move into week three. And some of these teams are in a place where they got to make a decision and it's not just for our fantasy team's sake, it's for their team's sake. Yeah, agreed. And even to the Vipers, you know, Brent Hunley is supposed to come in and kind of be their savior, even though Lewis Perez did look good week one for the most part. Um, it, neither one of them looked good either. I realized the field conditions were bad, but they still looked bad. Their decision-making did not look good. Yeah, I mean, and I just think that's something – Hundley seemed the Hundley move seemed like more a product of the weather and his ability to run than being an indictment on Perez. I don't know if that sticks or what, but you know, what I do know is they should not play another game at Cashman Field because that just looked awful. <laughs> it did look pretty bad. Like playing in an old minor league ballpark that's now a soccer stadium isn't a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Colby Colby Dant loved it though. <laughs> Colby Dant loves everything that's not innovative and exciting. Colby Dant <laughs> would be happy if you just lined up rocks and ran into and ran them into each other. 
That was what Colby Dance says makes him happiest. But he really wouldn't be happy. He really wouldn't be happy. <laughs> as long as it's not in a dome. <laughs> WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets Build Your Own Bet. March Madness is almost here, plus there are plenty of ways to win getting down on the NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The SGPN merch store continues to add new items to the store every day. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get your favorite shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodies. You can even get my favorite personal item, the XFL Gambling Podcast t-shirt. So, you know, we... We talked a little bit about the games. You know, we talked about our top performers. You know, let's just, let's talk about this. Like, in this, in, in that Battle Hawks and Dragons game, who stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, A.J. McCarron looked good again. He didn't throw for a ton of yards, 184, but still that's better than most of the league is doing. He also rushed for 41 yards too. So, it, once again, him and Ben DiNucci, both these quarterbacks look like the two guys that you want to have and um, or even trade for. I know I targeted AJ McCarron in a lot of league, but leagues that I don't have the two guys I'm starting to look like, do, do I think I can make a trade? Can I make it worth it for somebody? Because quarterback's just so hard to nail down right now. Yeah. I mean, and it's one where you just, you've got to have the guy. So, but if you're in a league and you're sitting there, you know, you need to go look at Kyle Sloter. Or you need to look at Cole McDonald, the guy who could take the job if they're unrostered. Absolutely. I see a lot of Derek King still out there, too, in leagues I'm mm -hmm. in. So, Especially I mean, a guy who's going to run like that. Derek King yeah. should probably be rostered. And I would start Derek King over either of the Guardians quarterbacks. I think I'd start him over Kyle Almu right now. And it'd be a coin flip starting him or the Vipers quarterbacks at this moment, to be honest. The only ones I'm not agree. starting him over are Brandon Silvers, um, uh, Jack Cohn, AJ McCarron, and Ben DiNucci. I would say Derek King is a QB5 right now based on the number of looks he's getting around the goal line. 100% agree. Um, and I don't know if that's just because he is that good or everybody else is that bad, but I, I, I think agree. it's his I mean, talent winning out, but also just the uniqueness of spring football and how true. things are going to be how things are going to work. Yeah, true. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, when you got a runner like that, that can take it to the house at any time, um, that, that's definitely a guy to look at it starting if you're struggling at quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, as we just look at running back and receiver, you know, it's, you know, it's starting to just, it's starting to come together. You know, our running backs are starting to come together as we just kind of look at it, you know, some good weeks, 
you know, interestingly enough, a guy like Jamin Martin, you know, he's was getting some work, he was getting some production, and it would just be nice to see Orlando put a functioning offense on the field so Jamin Martin can do something, but he's been consistent. 40 yards back-to-back weeks, four and a half yards a carry. He's making plays explosively with his legs. They're just not sustaining drives. Yeah, agreed. I mean, him and Cody Latimer are about the only people worth rostering at this point for the Guardians, it seems. Um, I mean, there's probably some guys you don't want to drop there, but those are the only two that I'm even considering starting. I'm going to be hard-pressed to drop a guy like Eli Rogers because he does seem to have some talent, because he does seem to be getting open. Andrew Jamil has that big playability. You know, I'm curious to see how they do this week, you know, playing against Arlington, whose defense hasn't been as stout. I'm going to be curious to see how that goes for them because, you know, right now we've got them projected for around 200 yards passing up from the 90, 87 they had last week. So, Orlando's an interesting situation. I might be interested on a pass catcher or two, but it all depends on can Orlando get their stuff together because I think San Antonio is going to get up big and get up, get up early and get up big. And will Orlando be able to throw the ball in garbage time? That's what it's going to come down to. For sure. What do you think of a guy like Lance Lenore? They brought him in last week at the very end. I mean, that's a guy that had success on a, bad Michigan Panthers team. Who's going to get him the ball? Who's going to get him the ball? Like there's no one on that team to get anybody the ball at this point in time. And you can't feel good about any, any of those pass catchers right now. True. True. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's just a guy like Lance Lenore needs to get the ball in space and needs to have the ball pushed down the field to him. And I just don't think, I don't think they have a quarterback to do that right now. Right. For sure. Makes sense. So, so we're the on the others, same page. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, so we're on the same page that it's hard to start any of these guys minus Latimer and Jamaine, but you're hanging on to like Eli Rogers, Andrew Jamil, mm-hmm. if you have space for him just to see what happens, right? Yeah, I mean, you want to rest. You you got to hold some of those top tier pass catchers. You know, you got to hold on yeah. to guys like that. Um, You know, a guy like another guy I'm interested in is a guy like Nick Holly a guy who continues to be listed as a starter has running back eligibility, but working, working out of the slot a little bit, you know, I don't know why he's not as involved right now, other than just, they have a lot of talent in Houston and they're doing some really good work with him. You know, I'm holding on to Nick Holly for another week there. Um, If I'm looking at running backs, you know, but even running backs, they're a little they're a little scant right now. You know, the running back cupboard is pretty bare right now because they're just offensive lines are losing in the trenches consistently on those running plays. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um running back is something I thought would be an easier position um in this league because you think that they would run the ball more often towards the beginning while these pass catchers learn their routes, while the quarterback learns everything. But, yeah, the, the lack of guys that have broken out has been a little surprising to me. Um, and one of them that I thought was breaking out, Brian Hill, then he has the hamstring injury and didn't play this last week. So curious to see how he bounces back. But, yeah, um, not a lot of guys standing out at running back either. No, I mean, and that's just frustrating. You know, we did have Abram Smith and Raquel Armstead running crazy in D.C., 
but that follows up mediocre weeks for them, but they're both getting double digit touches week in, week out. So you got to trust them. You know, they're both must starts right now in Seattle. We were hoping Brendan Knox would do something, but he seemed to fall by the wayside and Morgan Ellison was the dude this week, but it could swing back. You know, that's just it. It just seems to swing back and forth week in and week out. So you're left hoping that you're on the right side of everything. For sure. And even guys like Kalen Balaj and Jacques Patrick, double-digit carries, but they just couldn't do anything with them this week. They both averaged around 1.9 yards per game or per carry. So they got to figure that offensive line out before those guys are going to have success too, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, in the you know, because the Guardians defense did show up in some ways. You know, it did show up, it did produce, it did get pressure on the quarterback, it did make things a little uncomfortable. And the passing game was working for San Antonio, you know, but both Bellage and P- Patrick got double digit touches. So they're guys as well. You're starting both of them and you're hoping it's not garbage time for them. They were <laughs> running the ball up 20 points. That's why yeah. they had trouble. Everyone in the stadium knew they were going to run the ball. True. Good point. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts, but they also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. So we talked about running backs, we talked about quarterbacks, and now we're talking about receivers. You know, who are the receivers that you're really, who's surprised you so far? I mean, I didn't expect Shakur Pearson to be as good as he has been, but leading in targets, catches, yards, um, he's really burst onto the scene there for the Sea Dragons. And then um, Hakeem Butler, he just a six foot five beast um, looked really good this last week against the Sea Dragons. Four catches, sixty one yards, touchdown. Those are two guys that have really jumped out at me. Um, Cody Latimer, that's not a huge surprise to me. I expected he would be one of the top tight ends, and um, you know now we have two games in a row where he has a touchdown. Only had twenty one yards, but still he's being looked at a lot. So that's a guy that. Um, I kind of expected to stand out, but so far he's looked like the best tight end, even over Sal Canella. So until Kyle Slaughter gets in there, of course. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're wrong on that because Elise Mack has been an absolute beast right now. Elise Mack is making plays left and right, and he just seems like the guy there in San Antonio. You know, Elise Mack, you know, touchdown you know, in 40 yards and Dion Yelder to get involved. Jack Cohn has a, has some connection to Elise Mack and seemed to use it heavily this past weekend. And if the tight ends are going to work that well for San Antonio, look for them to keep going back to him. But, you know, also in San Antonio, TJ Basher 
was showing up three targets for 35. Teresa Robinson took over the Landon Acres role we all thought would go to Fred Brown. So, yeah. you know, shame on us. And Jalen Tolliver overcame his drops. No drops this week for Jalen Tolliver, which was great to see when he tacked on that touchdown. I'm really interested to see how San Antonio keeps rolling because they didn't throw for more than 200 yards this week, but Cone was a top top was a top quarterback and Elise Mack, Jalen Tolliver and Derise Brown were all double digit fantasy points. Yeah, or, sorry. for sure. Sorry, Jalen Tolliver, Dion Yelder and Elise Mack were all Elise double digit fantasy. Elise Mack were all double digit fantasy points this week. Yeah, and Cone, I mean, he continues to look consistent, which was a surprise to me, but throwing an average of 68% completion rate, so any of those guys can show up and give you good fantasy football points, you know, each game. So um, definitely something to keep your eye on. You know, and I think the big thing to also think about here is there are two teams that we really don't have a good feel for because they played a game in a monsoon. It's yeah. really hard to throw the ball when it's raining and windy and that cold. So Vegas and DC both were going to struggle moving the ball through the air. So our opinions are going to be a little skewed. So we're forgetting about some of the DC receivers who no one's really showed up yet. We still don't know what DC has at receiver because they have yet to throw for a hundred yards and the same thing in Vegas. You know, we know they have Jeff Bidet and Sinkyu Sweeting, but, you know, beyond that, we're not sure. We're not sure what a lot of these teams look like. And so this is going to be a big week here to show us, is there some depth? And in a shoot, and Vegas is looking at a shootout against Seattle. You know, I'm curious if you can't get some Vegas players like Sweeting and Bidet under the, at maybe a depressed price here, either pick up a guy like Sweeting off free agency or a trade for a guy like Bidette. Yeah, I agreed, especially because I think the names like Martavis Bryant and Geronimo Allison stick out to people, even though they're not the ones that are putting up the big numbers. Um, granted, not – I mean, Bidette's the only one that had big numbers in week one. But still, no, I agree with you there. Sweeting and um, Bidette are both guys to, to look at. I think for me right now over Martavis Bryant and Geronimo Allison. Yeah. Neither Allison nor Bryant have really done anything that impressed me. Jeff, you know, guys with names seem to just be falling off right now. They don't seem like they're producing like people thought they were. And this is kind of something that, you know, this is something that we're realizing is that NFL names and caliber doesn't mean as much as being, hungry like a guy like martavis bryant might say he's hungry but does he is he actually does he have the grit that a guy like jeff bidet has yeah no i absolutely agree um the, you might think they have a chip on their shoulder because they fell out of the nfl but it seems like it might be the guys that haven't gotten their opportunities in the nfl and we've seen in these spring leagues that have that bigger chip and they do tend to play hungrier i agree with you yeah, it really seems like the guys who have the bigger chip right now are producing, 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 producing. For sure. You know, and one thing else that we haven't talked about is through two weeks, we've stayed relatively clean with big injuries outside of Brian Hill, which was a late addition. You know, it's important that you're paying attention about an hour and a half before every game, the XFL PR 
puts out the inactives, make sure you're paying attention to that. You know, that's a way to gain that edge, whether you're playing season long or daily, you can gain a good edge over your opponents by watching that and just knowledge is power and knowing where to get the going, knowing where to get the knowledge is what's going to really set you up. hundred percent agree. I saw a lot of complaints about people that they didn't know about the Brian Hill thing. And it's like, it was out there. Just got to know where to look. Yeah. I mean, so what are some of the places you go to look Jay Mark? Uh, yeah, the XFL PR is the main one. Um, the XFL has been decent about getting injury reports out, but it is kind of last minute when they're getting them out. Um, and then it, your DFS things, they should give you a, uh, a warning. If you have somebody in that is, um, injured, they don't always, but I kind of keep my eye on those notifications as well. Yeah. I mean, and it's just things like that where it's, you know, if you haven't played spring fantasy football before news is tough to find, you know, follow, yeah. you know, follow the XFL PR, follow the, um, alt fantasy sports account, try, try to retweet from there. You know, there are places you can go to find these things. You know, you just gotta be, you gotta be a little diligent and just like any game, you got to check an hour before check, check what the news is, check what's going on and just be ready to make a change. Yeah, for sure. Um, and from what I've seen that XFL PR on Twitter there, they, they do about an hour before the game, they have any inactives, um, put out there. So definitely make sure you just keep up with it. Be diligent about checking. So we talked about guys, maybe that we're targeting. Are there guys that you're ready to kind of give up on? And you're like, I need this guy off my team now. Um, <laughs> well, I had Luis Perez, so I'm already giving up on him. I know it was bad field conditions, but I do think that's Hunley's um, team there. But a guy I thought would do better, Jordan Smallwood, uh, you know, out of Oklahoma. Stoops was even said that he liked him, was going to be playing out of the slot. He just hasn't gotten many looks. He's had one target each game. Um, the first game for 22 yards, the second for four yards. I expected him to kind of lead that team in receiving because of how they use the slot. Um, and he just he hasn't shown up. So that's a guy that I'm already given up on. Really? I mean, and do you think Kyle Sloter fixes that for that team? It's a good point to consider, um, but I I just think with the weapons they do have with Sal Canella, I think they're trying to get Lujuan Winningham more involved, um, Sean Modster. I think those guys. So it I, it really depends on what your roster structure like is like in your league. But in the leagues where I only have two bench spots, I'm already moving on from Smallwood and getting somebody else in there that is at least getting more looks right now. Yeah, I mean, and for me, I'm just thinking about, you know, if I thought I was taking a shot on an Orlando quarterback, I got to get off of that. I'm picking up a De'Aaron King, and I'm just, or a Cole McDonald, and I'm hoping and praying that they find the end zone in, or they get some two and one point conversions, just because that Orlando quarterback situation seems like it's going to be so volatile. I think we've seen pretty much the last of Paxton Lynch right now. I don't know that we're going to see him on the field again. I think it's going to be Francois Dormady, and I wouldn't be shocked if they went and got somebody else. Agreed. And um, I'm in seven different leagues on alt fantasy. And like 
I believe five of them, Jack Cohn is still available on the waivers. Oh, go Which, get if a guy like Jack Cohn is there, go get him because he seems like he's gonna remain the dude yeah, in San Antonio because sure. he's been he's been balling out. It's been great to see. Yeah, yeah. And and I can only assume that people just go, and eh, it's Jack Cohn. So they're not picking him up. But I mean, if you're trying to win fantasy football games, you can't worry about what their name is or how they've looked previously. If they're winning now, which he seems to be, pick them up. Yeah. Another guy, and this might be a chance where I'm going to try to sell high, is um, which is Josh Gordon. Yeah. I, I just, he had that big week, week one, and I don't know how this is going to look, but Blake Jackson and Jacor Pearson both look like they're dominating the targets right now. You know, he only had two targets last week. You know, he did have a conversion, but I just, I don't know that Josh Gordon's going to maintain. It's going to be tough. You know, Danucci doesn't necessarily have a huge arm to push it down the field, so he's looking for guys to get open. So the question is, is can Josh Gordon keep getting open? You know, he's an aging receiver. That's tough. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, he's somebody that, like you said, week one, it was like, oh, is Josh Gordon back? But week two, he kind of showed more of – his age and what, what I kind of expected, you know, that maybe he would be more of a decoy, more of somebody that's not getting a lot of looks, just has a couple of plays drawn up for him. Um, so yeah, Jacor Pearson, Blake Jackson, even Jordan Vesey getting some more looks. So that's definitely somebody to kind of think about trading because it is, again, it's a big name and people tend to be drawn to those big names. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just, it's again, names are deceiving right now. You got to stay away from names. You need to be focused on what's happening on the field. And that's the biggest thing. And that's tough. Um, yeah, that's it. It's just, Agreed. it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's one you of the know, reasons we love spring ball. Though, it right? is. It I makes mean. it a lot of fun. Um, so let's just talk a little bit. Let's talk about defenses, you know, yeah. um, what defenses are you nervous if your players are playing against? Is there a defense yet that you're nervous that they're playing? You know, I think Houston's looked really good, but they've also played against some teams that I don't think are good. Um, but uh, that DC defense, I think they are legit, and I think that they make me nervous a little bit um, if my players are going against them especially quarterbacks. I mean, they get after the quarterback. So that's a defense that I'm keeping my eye on. Really? You're nervous yeah. about DC. Yeah. I think that that's fifth, fifth worst. And I, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. There are three teams only allowing a hundred averaging less than 140 passing yards against a game and DC's averaging 71 yards on the ground. Their people are moving the ball on DC. Like, I'm not necessarily worried about D.C. Yeah, I think they're going to keep getting better. Um, and, and so that's a team that they, it does make me nervous. And D.C.'s numbers are skewed by one monsoon game against Vegas. Like, Seattle moved the ball up and down the field against them. I wasn't – I was loving that. That was when there were four relevant pass catchers on Seattle. I don't think D.C. gets to play every week in a monsoon. And with a team that can't, with a ball control offense that can't control the ball in DC, start starts against DC. I'm no, <laughs> I'm I mean, very I, against that one right there. 
I think I think the Seattle game skews that too, though, because in my opinion, Seattle is the the best offense in this league right now. I know it hasn't shown up with wins, but I do think they are a better offense than than it appears. If Benjanucci but... can figure out how to stop turning the ball over, <laughs> right? That is, he's on the take. <laughs> it might be, but you know, you look at just some of the you know metrics here, and that San Antonio defense is just it's nasty. You know, they're creating pressure, they're getting after the quarterback. You know, and they're putting you, they have the ability to put you in bad game script because the offense isn't turning the ball over that much. The offense is able to move the ball and score points, which is going to put teams in a bad game script. And if you're not, you know, who, who do you feel good about moving a fourth quarter offense right now? I think Ben DiNucci can move it. I don't know if he can finish it. <laughs> right. AJ McCarron can move it. Right. And I think Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn. Yeah. And I don't know that I trust any other quarterback right now to move an offense in the fourth quarter down a score up and down the field. Agreed. 100% agreed. Um, and I definitely put McCarron at the top just because they've shown that they can get it done and come do those come from behind wins. So, um, but yeah, anybody else that just, it's again, it's an inconsistency at quarterback that we've talked about. It, it's, it's crazy and it makes it tough, but uh, that's spring ball. Yeah. So heading into heading into week three, who are the quarterbacks? Who's the who are your top three quarterbacks right now? It's McCarron and uh, Danucci. I mean, I know he's got his fumbling issues and turnover issues in general, but they still they sling the ball a lot. And then there's Jack Cohn. Everybody else, it's kind of a crapshoot of what you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, with Cohn. You know, I honestly might put him one this week because San Antonio has a game against Houston that feels like it's going to dial up for a shootout. You know, Houston mm -hmm. allowing over 60% completion right now, close to 200 yards through the air. You know, they're tough, but not too tough against the run. You know, you can move the ball on them. And I think Jack Cohn in for a big week this week you know, with a chance to ball out in the bright lights of a Texas throwdown. It's a bold take, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I got Jack Cohn one. I think A.J. McCarron is obviously two, but I think he might be the victim of game script because they're playing a bad Orlando team. Or no, they're not playing Orlando. Sorry, they're playing D.C. They're playing a bad defenders team. You know, I think they're going to get up, and they're not going to need to throw the ball anymore. They're just going to hand it off to Brian Hill and let him do his thing. Yeah, makes sense. All right, running backs. Oh, and then third, um, I think it's Danucci. I think it's the yeah. same. I think it's the same three. You know, you might talk me into Brandon Silvers in a shootout against San Antonio, but I think Silvers is going to struggle against San Antonio. I wouldn't be surprised to see Cole McDonald get some work because he can get away from a ferocious Brahma's pass rush. For sure. Running backs, top three this week. Who are you looking at? I like Brian Hill. Um, I, I think they're going to keep feeding him. I like Max Borgi. Uh, I know he didn't have a lot of yards, but he still ended up getting a touchdown, and they pass it to him. And for third, third. Um, that's tough because there's we we haven't seen a lot. I still like Kalen Balaj, Even though he had a bad week last week, he's getting the volume. So I, I still like Kalen Balaj a lot as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go completely other way. I think Jamin Martin has played hungry, played hard. Terrell Buckley made it clear he wants guys who are playing hard. So I think Martin's going to get a lot of work this week. Um, I'm also all in on Abram Smith. Abram Smith has been good. He's a guy who's consistently produced on the ground. And I think he can get some work here against San Antonio through the air and some check down work when his quarterbacks get in trouble. And then lastly, um, I'm actually going to go to Quez Patrick because I think Kalen Balazs kind of had his one week flash. Um, and I think Patrick is just going to emerge as a consistent force in this San Antonio backfield. I'm waiting to see it. I, I mean, I want him to, I was excited to see what he was going to do this year. Um, but you know, you gotta love the consistency, 10 carries each game, mm-hmm. still not a lot of running backs out there that are getting double digit carries each no. game. So, no, no, no. um, definitely gotta love that. And of course he runs very hard. Um, so yeah, I like that yeah. pick. Uh, all right. So receivers, obviously Jack or Pearson's one, you know, I think we're in unison there. So who are your second and third that you're paying attention to this week? I like Hakeem Butler. I think they really showed that uh, McCarron and Butler were building a connection. Um, He was up from three targets to seven, and he's just such a big dude. And um, not not to take two Sea Dragons, but Blake Jackson continues to get a lot of looks. Um, I know he only had 26 yards, but I just I like their involvement, and they pass a lot. So uh, he's another guy I'm looking at. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm going obviously Pearson one. But I'm actually in on Bidette and, um, oh my gosh, I lost him. Jeff Bidette. Jeff Bidette is mm-hmm. playing Seattle this week. Seattle is going to move the ball up and down the field. The Vegas defense hasn't been great. I think Jeff Bidette and Vegas are going to need to move the ball up and down the field. Jeff Bidette, great choice for that. Secondly, I'm looking at a guy like John Trey Kirkland. Okay. Yeah. Kirkland is a guy who's produced in Houston. And I think Houston and San Antonio is the makings of a shootout. You know, this is one where I think both teams are going to throw the ball early and often. So I'm in on pass catchers in that game. Yeah, I like it. And of course, um, Kirkland averaging 27% of the target share through two weeks. So definitely getting good looks. And had a, a really nasty stiff arm last mm-hmm. weekend. So no, I mean, love he that. came back from two drops and just showed that I'm going to step up and I'm going to play big here. So yeah, big sure. players find ways to shine through. And, you know, I'm really excited to watch Akeem Butler keep working. And I'm really excited to see Jacquor Pearson keep playing because I think Jacquor Pearson's a guy we could see making an impact on Sundays in the NFL. Agreed. So, That does it for us, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Adam Pelletier, and that is Brian Scott's redheaded stepbrother, Justin Mark. We will see you next time. Nova Productions.